Dum Dum Away! Zero, zero, one, one, zero, 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 one, zero, one, zero, one, 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 Welcome to Screen Review Time Warp. I'm Tyson. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Zach. And we're here today with our episode 10 with a lovely guest of ours. Uh, mm. Who have we got here today, Zach? Oh, uh, this is um, a friend called Gavin. He's a great guy. Gavin, say hi for us. Mm. A friend? Yeah, yeah, a friend. <laughs> a friend. Yeah. A friend of the show. Yeah, a friend, a friend of, the of the show. show. A friend indeed. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also want to apologize, uh, first of all, if this sounds a bit off, um, we've tried to... Uh, plug in a fourth microphone today and found out that our um, recording equipment isn't quite working so we're sharing a few mics today and um, we'll see how it goes mm. but yes yeah. so let's uh, we are going to tackle a very seminal work today uh, but to start off let's start in the past and uh, Andrew I believe you're first up what's your what have you brought to us today from the past I'm bringing us Braveheart from mm. 1995 that is a very long time ago it is a long time ago I don't even know how old I was back then so, tell us. Tell us about Braveheart. So, Braveheart uh, is when a secret bride is executed for assaulting an English soldier who tried to, unfortunately, rape her. Sir William Wallace begins a revolt against the King Edward I of England. Mm, William Wallace. William mm. Wallace. The famous William Wallace. Mm. Yeah, that's not just really does put it in a nutshell yep uh, Mel Gibson plays William Wallace and he gets married in secret and the law at the time of the land was if you're going to get married whoever's in charge of that region gets to sleep with your bride first before you do okay. yeah, and obviously they were William Wallace was like well no we're going to get married in secret mm-hmm. historically it was to breed out the um, yeah the Scottish wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. in a weird sick way mm-hmm. it was yeah. to do that but um, yeah so obviously the next day She's just going about her business, and uh, one of the soldiers takes a fancy to her, and she hits him. Yeah. And like the guy says, um, an assault on one of his soldiers is an assault on the king, so her throat gets cut. And at this point, Scotland's under English reign, and no one really likes the conditions that they're in. Mm-hmm. And so then it just takes William Wallace to rise up, and then this whole, not even a civil war, a proper war breaks mm. out. Yeah, such an, rebels. such an epic film, hey? Yeah. Cinematography, it was... Stunning. Yeah. Stunning. So this was directed by um, Mel Gibson. Was mm. it his first directorial? Was I don't think it was his first directorial. Are you sure? Unless it was. I, I think know. it might be. Yeah, I'm looking it, it up be. at the moment. Um, but it is a, it's a fantastic film. It was also a Oscar, Oscar award winning winner. film as yes. well. Yep. Yes, it was. Um, so let's have a quick look here. Uh, uh, where are we? Yeah. Director. Yeah, well, credits. Um, his third Oh, okay. What was so, his first? Mel Gibson goes back best. to school, a TV movie documentary. That's weird. And The Man Without a Face, and then followed up with uh, Braveheart, and then nothing again until The Passion of the Christ. Mm. Wow. And a big nine year gap there. Yeah, just, right. Just a little gap there. Um, so, have you all seen Braveheart mm. before? Yeah, we've all seen Braveheart. Mm. What's, our, what's our general. Look, uh, I, I think it's a massive throwback to those. Um, Older movies of the fifties mm. and sixties, like your yeah. Ben Hur, your Ten yeah. Commandments, yeah. your um, do you remember those big epic <clears throat> movies yeah. Yeah. where the production design, productions um, the production design was everything. It was every, yeah, it was everything, and that's what Braveheart did really well. And they, it wasn't um, special effects; it was all hands-on, real yeah. life. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that the, the, it's not only the uh, cinematographer who's the hero of yeah. that movie. It is the production designer who yeah. spent mm. the time location scouting and setting up those massive battle sequences, yeah. um, which yeah. are all shot in camera. Yep. Because a lot of them are... A, it's a lot of location shots as well. It's not a lot of set design or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. That Yeah, I think very much so. The, the person who's gone through and scouted it all and set this scene to make a really believable yeah. story is has done very very well i think it's it's rated on imdb as number 77 of all movies ever yeah. made i'd, I'd, I'd give it that i think i'm surprised it's actually that low mm. i would have expected yeah. to be a bit higher i agree um, yeah. i i would expect it to be to be in the top 100 mm-hmm. and to me 77 seems pretty accurate yeah, that's true i yeah. guess there are a lot of movies that were made yeah yeah, yeah but yeah, even well. all of that production design just really adds to just the scale and the scope yeah. of the film it's well, you just look at the battle scenes and just like you said it's all in that frame you mm. see the beautiful scenery such big wide shots yeah. And, yeah. and even when they get in on the battle and you've seen how brutal and gruesome it was it was at that time there nothing really been done like that mm. you know seeing legs mm. got cut off and you know blood and arrows through the head and stuff yeah. like that. it was mm-hmm. it was intense they did con- they did contrast well yeah they went shot in the butt with an arrow and- yeah <laughs> super super wide mm. to super tight in your face yeah yeah you know, absolutely war. they they depicted the, the the war of the time really well yeah it is a long movie mm. it is long yes a lot of talking a lot of dialogue mm. but it's a movie i would definitely recommend seeing if you have not seen it yet mm. so. yeah it is a three-hour epic oh, yes yeah. but yes. Thoroughly worth the view if you haven't seen it. Oh, oh. see now I want to go back and yeah. rewatch it now. Yeah, it's, it's been on a Netflix. It's worth it. It's on Netflix. That's how I came Ooh, across it. Good. That's okay, good. Netflix. Here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm on holidays at the moment, so maybe I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's move on. I to try and keep with the theme of a uh, science fiction. I've uh, I've decided to go with a. Uh, which is just obviously not very every hard. week, but just a different style of science fiction. No, no. Well, just... I'm trying to keep it a bit. In... Anyway, not the point. <laughs> um, I didn't know there was a theme. <laughs> I didn't get that memo. Yeah, neither. It's, yeah, it's not. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, because uh, our present is um, the new Star Wars, I decided I was like, what else is a really good sci-fi that I enjoy? And I immediately landed on this TV series. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen it or not. Negative. Firefly. Mm, nope. I've seen the first episode. Have you never seen it, Gavin? Never seen it. No, no. I've never seen it. Really. Oh, okay. So, the only reason I know it exists is because of the Big Bang Theory. Wow. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Because I keep referencing well, it on this. Yeah. They well, Firefly was only <laughs> half a season. Um, it was from 2002 to 2003, and mm-hmm. it was. It's um, Joss Whedon. Yeah. It is. It was created by mm-hmm. Joss Whedon, but it was before Joss Whedon was known for being Joss Whedon, basically. So he okay. he made Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which yep. was a cult classic smash Um, he had a follow on series called Angel which was based on one of the characters from Buffy and then he made Firefly and he'd never in fact Serenity which is the movie conclusion to the series of Firefly was his first feature length directorial debut for Joss Whedon he'd never directed a movie before then Mm -hmm. and now obviously he's directed lots and lots of stuff now Mm -hmm. it's set 500 years in the future a renegade crew aboard a small spacecraft tries to survive as they travel the unknown parts of the galaxy and evade warring factions as well as authority agents out to get them. Mm. Now, this series, I'm I'm going to go on record. I'm going to say this. Just putting it out there. I claim this is the best science fiction series ever made. You've been wow. saying that as long as I've known you. Yeah, you have. <laughs> I will stick by that. It's only 14 episodes. It's, it got canned halfway through. By Fox, it, of course. By Fox. 
Um, so it never wrapped up. It never wrapped up. Nope. It but literally, like the 14th episode, just stops. It's not a conclusion. It's not a mid-season break. It's just another episode, and then there isn't one that comes after it. And then you'll be very happy with the Fox and Disney deal because this was part of it. Yeah, but they're not going to do anything with it. I doubt it. They've continued. So what happened is uh, it got canned. It was very. It became even more famous because the fans basically campaigned, and it was the first kind of successful internet campaign that got a result, and that, that result was the movie Serenity, mm-hmm. which was kind of. It was set a few years in the future. Uh, sorry, a few years after the series, and it kind of wrapped up a little bit, but still left a couple of threads hoping that they might get another season out of it. Yeah, okay. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a good thing because they got that conclusion. It's a bad thing because it kind of let, um, it kind of started this trend of like, oh, we'll just can a series and people were like, oh, we'll campaign on the internet and things will work <laughs> out. Um, but it is, it's brilliant. So I want to, it's a sci-fi Western. Yeah. Okay. And it's not a sci-fi Western in the same way that Star Wars is a sci-fi Western. It's very much guns at the OK Corral and horseback and, like there's a train job in one of the episodes. It's <laughs> fantastic. It is lots and lots of fun. It's very much that Joss Whedon kind of um, lighthearted spirit mixed yeah. in with some very serious storytelling. Okay. And the other thing is that the the more it gets uh, into the past, this series, the more kind of gets released as like, well, we're clearly never going to do this. So let's let's maybe reveal a bit more of what was going to happen. And Joss Whedon has told. Um, different interviewers about some of the story threads that he put in and it just made me realize he is very good at at crafting a story over a long period of time there's some things that he puts in episode one where it's like a it's an image of um the um escort whatever i can't remember her name at the moment it's terrible um she opens up this case and it's got a syringe in there Mm. And it's never mentioned again. Never mentioned again. No. Okay. That's it. <laughs> because it was a thread that was going to be related later on in season one, just so that you remembered it. Yeah. Okay. And then continued on. His plan for was it in season three or something like that. Yeah. Right. Wow. And a lot of his. It's going to pop up his, again in episode 15. Yeah. And a lot of his ideas for the movie Serenity came, were, they were his original plans for like, oh, this was going to happen at the end of season two. And this was going to happen at the end of season three. And all these things that he kind of just had to meld together. So did Serenity have all the cast back for it? Yep. It was a full cast back for Serenity. Um, It's honestly, like, I cannot say this enough. This is my favorite sci-fi TV series Mm. of all time. I would put it above all Star Treks. Yeah. I'd put it above Farscape. I'd put it above every sci-fi ever. It's... Every the... sci-fi ever. Yep. Every TV show. Wow. wow. It's, it's, it's a big claim. It is it's that good. Claim. It is that... The mix of characters mm-hmm. is... You've got Alan Tudyk as Wash, the pilot, and he is just Alan Tudyk all over. <laughs> um, Nathan Fillion as um, Mal. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that it centers around this group of... There was a galactic civil war think very much similar to the American Civil War, mm-hmm. but the brown coats, which were the the uh, kind of like the fringe worlds that were wanting to be independent, mm-hmm. they lost. Yeah, and that's okay. how the whole series starts, is them losing the war. Mm-hmm. Now, they still have, like the crew and Mal and everything, they still wear brown coats, which yeah. kind of shows their allegiance. And so you've got these like political underpinnings. They don't like the galactic like government. Um, but yeah, it's honestly, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Yeah, okay. The characters, the mix of them together mm. is outstanding. 
just watch yeah. it. It was interesting for a time. Serenity was actually the most pirated movie ever. Wow. Really? For for a time, wow. I remember just reading it somewhere. Oh, I think it's been surpassed right now. But by Game as, of Thrones. Well, I, a movie, as in most oh, pirated course, movie. Yeah. So I'm sure something's overtaken it now. But yeah, I just remember one of the. One. What's quite funny on IMDb here is the first user review that says Fox must have the greatest talent scouts in the world, but the worst executives. <laughs> I'd agree with it's that. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> very true. It is oh, honestly like every time I think mm. of this series, I just have warm feelings about it. It is mm. so so good. Awesome. Right nice. on to the next one. Yep. Who's next? Uh, next up is uh, Gav. What have you got for us? Gavin? Well, I'm uh, I'm going to take us to I think one of our generation's greatest directors, and that's Quentin Tarantino. Mm. I would agree with you. Yeah. And um, the man knows how to write and tell a story. Oh, so good. Does he ever? So uh, <laughs> so I, the one I'm bringing to the table today is Inglorious Bastards. Mm. And um, f- straight off the bat, I don't think uh, this was probably one of my most memorable movies in the cinema that mm. I saw mm-hmm. you know you go to the cinema and you see a lot of things and you walk out and you go yeah that was good or you have a warm fuzzy feeling but I will never forget that opening scene with Christoph Waltz The Farm in France The Farm in France yeah. Yeah. and I have never felt so uncomfortable in my seat yeah. ever in a, in, a, in, a, in a movie like that is the most tense <laughs> I've ever felt it feels like you're in <laughs> that kitchen in the chair in the corner watching him talk mm. it was just like <laughs> and Christoph what that performance that he brought to that scene and, that, that and then that whole movie after mm. was it was insane um, so oh, there's so much good stuff about this movie I could talk about I love yeah. Quentin Tarantino's stuff I mm. I think Inglorious Bastards is it was another one I think it was the the first scene with Brad Pitt's crew yeah, um, awesome. Because yeah, so it, so it follows a group of. Um, oh yeah, I forgot uh, to read the ran- synopsis. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you tell us what it's about? <laughs> so in Nazi-occupied France during World War Two, a plan to assassinate Nazi leaders by a group of Jewish U.S. soldiers coincides with a theatre owner's vengeful plans for the same. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So Brad Pitt leads this crew of U.S. soldiers, um, and they're kind of like a. How would you describe them? Like a little gorilla? Yeah, vigilantes. Yeah, vigilante. Yeah, 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 gorilla kind of style. Um, So they kind of, they aren't with a battalion. They aren't, like Brad Pitt is the authority essentially. Um, He's great as well. Oh, he's brilliant. He's so good in this. Um, But one thing with Quentin Tarantino is that he doesn't, like where a normal director might cut a scene because it's about to get really violent, he doesn't. He cuts it like a second after. Mm. Yeah. And I remember thinking specifically in this movie, because um, I saw it with someone who wasn't familiar with Quentin Tarantino's style, <laughs> and the scene where they, the guy comes out with the um, baseball bat. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the bear. The, the bear, yeah. The bear, yeah. Do that. Oh, yeah. Which is Eli Roth. Yeah. Oh, there you Funny go. Enough, yeah. Um, and he whacks the guy in the head with it. Mm-hmm. Like repeatedly. But at the very first scene where he just takes this big swing and it's bam, and it doesn't cut like just before it connects. It cuts after. And so you just like crack and you're yeah. like, oh, oh. And the person next to me was like, done for the rest of the movie. They're like, what are we watching? I was like, we're watching Quentin Tarantino. Like, mm. what did you expect was going to happen? Mm. Um, oh, very, yeah. very good. I like how it's his kind of own spin as well on how maybe he wanted World War Two to end as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
just at the end for spoilers if you haven't seen it how you know they're obviously in the theater yep. where all the nazi leaders are and all the jews just stand up on the balcony and just mow down them while like the screen's burning and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and this the the script just ties together so nicely as well which is just typical t- tarantino well this was this was his this was his baby this movie Ooh, so yeah. really yeah so he actually had he had this written before he wrote kill bill wow, wow. and he couldn't land on an ending which is why he put it in his back pocket okay. and mm-hmm. left it alone for... I think he had it sitting there for nine years or eight years or something. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. But he... Um, he yeah, it, it was his baby, you know? So, And I actually think it's his greatest. Yeah. Really? It's I up think, there. I honestly love this film. Yeah, I do too. Interesting. Yeah. So yes. would you say this is your favourite Tarantino? Hands down. Interesting. Hands down, Zach, favourite would Tarantino. You, would that be the same for you or...? It's very close. I mean, ta- all of Tarantino's movies are just so good. Yeah. But it's very close. It's up there because my kind of top three are um, Pulp Fiction, yep. this, and Django Unchained. Yeah, those are the ones wow, I can. So I, those are the ones I can watch repeatedly without without um you know phasing out or getting bored. They're just so yeah, so seamless. And the so. casting, the the casting for this was Phenomenal. just spot on. Oh, he, he so just, good. He nailed well, the. Well, how good's Christoph Waltz? Never before done an English Hollywood movie. Does this as his first kind of American Hollywood movie gets an Oscar for it? Yeah. He is. He was outstanding. And gets this. another Oscar for Django Unchained. He yeah. was so good. Yeah. Mm. Um, do you have a favorite Tarantino, Andrew? It's between this or Django, but I'm probably wow. more towards Django for me. That's so interesting. Okay, because mine hands down is Kill Bill. Yeah. Okay. Hands like Kill Bill is the one for me where it's like I could watch that over and over. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of it is the like well all of Tarantino's movies. Um, reference that old cinema style and everything yeah. um but kill bill especially just that um like the the like scene the, where the they, japanese kind of seven yeah samurais. all yeah. that kind of gear very very good uh, see django actually is really unsettling for me i don't really? think I've, I've seen django i don't think i could watch it again wow it is pretty and heavy on the con just yeah. how real it is yeah and that's the thing because in in all of tarantino's movies or, uh, sorry this is how i see it at least i know we're getting a bit off topic from inglorious bastards but um with all of his movies, there is kind of an equal footing for the protagonist and antagonist. Mm-hmm. But in Django Unchained, it is not even. like. And you think about, this is a real world... Like, this happened. This is history, mm. or American history. And it's, you know, you had the white owners, you know, being truly awful to their black slaves. And it's like, that's not an even, that's not an even footing. Like, it's so... Like, um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character has so much more power. Mm. And it just, I don't know, it made me feel really uneasy because it was so heavily based mm. in history. But it just, it's so much more satisfying at the end yeah. when Django just, like, just uh, pistol whips just all of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, like, it's still great. Like, mm. I love that movie. But it's just, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just the historical... Because even with Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. the Nazis were equally opposed. Like, they were awful. Like, mm-hmm. let's... That's no question there, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. There's still that kind of even footing. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's I don't know. Mm. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, is that all you have to say, Gav? Uh. Yeah. Look, I, I think I think I mean I could talk all day about this to be honest. Yeah. yeah this maybe, but um, mm. I think I think that's probably enough for now. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, I'll Good. finish us off then quickly yep. with a bit of an obscure film, a less lesser known film called Enemy. Yep, so this came what? out in 2013. Now, this was directed by Denis Villeneuve, <laughs> who just recently did Blade Runner 2049. Ah, oh, yep. He also has done Arrival, Sicario, and Prisoners. 
So this film was released the same year as Prisoners 2013. Okay. So this, it's a very small cast. It's a very small kind of intimate movie. It stars Jack Gyllenhaal, his title character. It also stars um, Melanie um, Laurent, who was also in Glorious Bastards. She was, yeah. Um, and then it also oh, stars... she's the theatre owner. She's yeah, the she theater. Is, yeah. And it also stars Sarah Gordon. So the premise of the film is that a man... Sarah Gaydon. Gaydon, my bad. Anyway, sorry. keep going, sorry. A man, Jack Gyllenhaal, seeks out... Um, seeks out his exact look like after spotting him in a film he watches. Hmm. And that's just the premise of the film. So this film hmm. is very, very mysterious how it opens. It opens with this quote, um, chaos is order yet undeciphered. And then the following shot is just this really kind of dark kind of corridor, Jack Hall walking towards us with a very heavy yellow tint, colour hmm. grading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, it sets up this really intriguing, mysterious, almost kind of... It's a bit unnerving, the film, in some aspects of Jake um, John Hall trying to find his lookalike that he's just spotted and trying to decipher where he's from and how they're related. Now, what's interesting I found with this film is um, this film, it starts off a bit slow, then it builds up and it builds up. Then by the end, you're actually a little bit unsatisfied. <laughs> okay. Jack, just because it kind of... It doesn't give a definitive answer. Okay. Like at the end of why they're connected, but the film I think purposely does that. The film is very um, up to interpretation. Yeah, as we say, it's one of those movies where it's like you make up your own conclusion. You make up their own yeah. conclusion, but it's one of those films where multiple viewings are required. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because at the end, if you think about it for a bit, it clicks, and the film is actually a lot more long, non-linear than you think. Okay. Yeah, okay. So it's it's I don't want to say anything without giving away spoilers, of course. I was gonna say you've which is very hard. You've got me on this. I've been mm. I've been looking it up while you're talking mm. and even like just the poster alone, I'm yeah. like, this looks really interesting. Yeah. I'm intrigued. It's, the only thing that I find kind of um, not off putting, but strange. Is, yeah, yeah, it's it's only ninety one minutes. Yeah, it's very it's a good digestible watch. Is it does it do you feel like it needs to be longer? Do you think no, it kind of hit on I their head it's, well? It's perfect. Okay, I think it, it, it's very good because the way they're trying to go for it as well, very yeah. short, sweet. You you watch it again and you're like, oh, this is actually here. This is actually this. Yeah. Um, and there's there's some weird kind of metaphors in there regarding spiders. I was going to say I keep seeing these images okay. of spiders. Yeah, spiders. No, which, is, which is actually quite funny because Dennis Villeneuve actually made the cast on an undisclosure agreement in which they could actually never talk about to the press the true meaning of the spiders. Okay. So a lot of people have come up with interpretations about what they mean and stuff. So it's very kind of art housey, very kind of surreal, experimental film. But so I, only Dennis Villeneuve knows what that is. And Jack John Hall. And Jack John. And the cast. Yeah, yeah, they all know. Okay. But um, I would really recommend it. Is It will require you to think a little bit. Mm-hmm. Think about what it possibly means, what the ending um, but actually, I would like to hear your guys' reactions and what you think. Okay. Is it on mm. Netflix? It is. That's where I watched it on Netflix. Oh. Popped up on the suggestion. I'm going to have to mm. write a list to, to watch once we finish this. <laughs> yep. No, but that's my quick past. There you mm. go. Sweet. All right. Well, let's deep dive. Moving on now to our, uh, our present for this episode. We are looking at Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, mm. arguably the most anticipated movie of 2017. And the mm-hmm. most controversial of the Star Wars saga. Yeah, so it is written and directed by Ryan Johnson. It mm-hmm. is the third movie to come out since Disney bought Lucasfilm. Yep. The second in the ongoing saga, um, with the other one obviously being Rogue One. Now, um, yep. as usual, we're going to have a... You mean Episode Eight? 
Um, seven, not Rogue One. You mean no? As in, sorry, uh, the one that isn't part of the saga is Rogue oh, One. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah I should have gotcha. been more clear. Um, obviously, we're going to do a non-spoiler section to begin with, and then yep. we'll get hard into the spoilers. Yep. Um, first and foremost, mm-hmm. what do we think? I really, 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 really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it. Too. I thought it. There's some stuff here and there, like because I really want to call it a masterpiece. I really, really do. But unfortunately, there's some things that stick out to me that I can't ignore as hard as I want to. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's just it's so good. It's I'd say it's the Star Wars, um, the most recent Star Wars that I've come out of thinking like that is just so different and yeah. so good and it's um it's so it's so good for the Star Wars universe at the same time. Yeah. It's okay. a it's a definite refresh. Yes. That's for sure. But I feel like it's a good refresh as well. Yeah. But 90% mm. of the internet don't share my opinion. I, well, I was going to get onto that in a second. I also loved this. Now, I think I'm the only person sitting at the table who hasn't seen it twice okay. so far. Yep. Yep. Um, I did mean to, but I had other jobs just kind of get in the way. Mm. Uh, Gav, thoughts? Yeah, look, I um, I really liked it. And, you know, coming, being a, a child of the 80s, mm-hmm. growing up watching A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, I think that that feeling that i had as a kid you know that was reignited again watching it again seeing luke and leia on screen similar to when han and chewie in the force awakens appeared you know there's this nostalgic Mm -hmm. like oh they're back yeah the characters are back Mm -hmm. which is impressive after only one movie Mm -hmm. i think definitely yeah yeah so i think from a narrative it was solid um i think it's by far the best in the star wars series see i'd don't agree with that. I think. I think. Uh, in, in, no. Okay. Here's the thing. In terms of character, <laughs> in terms of character depth and the layers, I feel like it's the best bar none. I feel like no Star Wars rivals it in terms of characterization, in terms of character depth, in terms of themes they explore. I think no, it's just second to none. I feel like in the trilogy, um, in all Star Wars films, it's just so deep. I feel like oh, we'll get into that in the spoiler review. Yeah. See, I also I think now there are lots of people online who rate this as the worst Star Wars that's People ever come are out. Petitioning the, for it to be taken out of the, the Phantom Canon. Menace yeah. is the worst. Well yeah, come no, on. See, I will <laughs> argue that number episode two is the worst. Actually, go, no, no, I, I would back, agree with that, yeah. If you go back and watch the acting, it is appalling. I hate the Sam. acting. Yeah. It's coarse and get <laughs> it's absolutely yeah. terrible. Um so I think this this film is kind of interesting because it I think it simultaneously gives you quite a bit of depth in the story and very shallow characters um which is not a bad thing because the original star wars if you ever kind of look at the the story uh, sorry like any kind of character development like period it's not just any movie just like the types of characters you can get like the hero the villain the mentor all these kinds of uh character types they're all present in the original episode for a new hope and they are very simple characters. Now, over the last 30 years, they have been developed hugely. So you have, like, you know, the hero that kind of doubles a bit. Has the... Oh, sorry, not the hero. The mentor that kind of is a bit like the villain. And it's you've got these different elements. But originally, in the first Star Wars, they were black and white. Yeah. And I think people have come to expect these characters to have lots of depth. And I don't think that's what Star... I think that's what part of the charm of Star Wars is that they've always had very simple characters what do you think of that 
I agree. That's one of the main criticisms. But I think you I can read. only go so far in terms of story with black and white characters yeah, until it gets until it just gets real stale. I yeah. think this generation wants more anime yeah. character as well. I think back in the eighties, you could get away with it. Well, that's that's what the storytelling was back. In yeah, the 80s, it was. You know, yeah, yeah. Good versus evil. So here's one of my beefs, and this is not a spoiler. Okay. All right. Okay. Am okay. I okay to talk beef? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit yeah. me with uh, your beef. As long as there's no spoilers. No, there's no spoilers. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, it's it's from the opening scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's any spoilers in this, but uh, it's it's when essentially the uh, General Hux mm-hmm. does this giant exposition of what the empire uh, sorry the first order the first, first order, order are doing to show my age yeah. um, what the first <laughs> order are doing from the bridge of yeah. that ship and he says and this is not this is not verbatim but it's along the lines of we are here we are going to do x y and z we're going to crush you we're going to crush yeah, you yeah. and and as we do this we will follow on and this will happen and I was just like all right, this is the opening lines of this movie, and yeah. this is this is not Star Wars. No, you know, I think back to when Vader walks or appears on a ship, mm. and he says, "Find the princess, bring her to me." Yeah, you that's don't need, it. You don't need any more. You don't need any more explanation. There's there's no more of that. It's just this is how it is, and I think that's the beauty of Star Wars. They they in the past, and even the Force Awakens, they didn't do any of this exposition type yeah. dialogue. And that was probably my biggest beef yep. with this one is there was a number of moments throughout it, and I'm like, they kind of treated us like dummies, like we needed it to be spoon fed to us a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I have heard that exact criticism. Oh, yeah. have you? Um, okay. Yeah, I was speaking to my brother about it, and he was like, he's he doesn't think it's amazing. He doesn't think it's terrible. But his biggest argument was there is so much exposition mm. in it, um, mm. which. Yeah, look, that's fair. I'm kind of in two minds about. But. Yeah, if you look at a film like War for the Planet of the Apes, there's literally one expositional scene at the start of the movie, yeah, and that is it for the entire movie. Like yeah. the storytelling just goes from there, and it's all visual and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it's definitely in like movies can do that, but mm-hmm. I just feel yeah, I agree. Well, so I guess what amplified that for me a little bit was straight off the back of that was that dialogue between Hux and Poe Dameron mm. with the whole "It's okay, I'll wait." Yeah, and that introduction of that Guardians of the Galaxy type humor, yeah, which they've set in Guardians of the Galaxy, and it works really, really well. Yeah, when Chris Pratt does it, mm. but it just didn't. It felt out of place in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. So originally, I thought that was like I thought it was funny. Yeah, that very opening scene, but I was like, this is a bit odd. Like you can tell that this is new Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. that. But then I was kind of a bit more forgiving, and won't we won't go into what happens, but forgiving the the reason behind why he does it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, no, that makes sense. That's mm. strategic. Yeah. But then that same kind of humor kept on popping up, and Here that and that yeah. I will agree with you. That was a bit off putting. You're like, oh, I'm done. I'm that, not sure if this yeah. is. That was all probably right. one of my one of my larger quibbles with the movie. Because I go to these movies with my old man all the time, and he and he hated it's tradition. It's your tradition, and he hated the Force Awakens. He didn't like it. Really, he, really. He, he didn't enjoy it. Didn't like it. He liked this one, but he said there was just too many funny moments, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. really forced. Mm-hmm. And I agree. Uh, I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and I agree Sorry. with. I really do agree with him. There was too many funny moments for 
a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Every now and then you can have a little like, oh, you know, that that's funny. That ties into the universe, but this was really forced. Yeah, a lot of jokes, a lot of mm. making fun of something. It was it was too much. Luke had that throwaway throwaway line in um on the planet when he was talking to Ray about um where she came from. Yeah, and she said, you know, I've come from pretty much nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, and she said, and he's like, no, 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 tell me where you're from. And she said, I'm from uh, Jakku. Jakku. Yeah. And he goes, oh, well, that is pretty much. Nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, uh, just there's a little throwaway, like throw, yeah. throwaway lines. He could just, have just like tilted his head and be like, yeah, well, yeah, and just, then just moved on from there. He didn't need to say anything. Or... Yeah. Um. Mm. Yep. Yeah, so just to round out the non-spoiler stuff, mm. of course, because yeah, I think we all want to get into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, of course, sound design, sound mixing, sound editing, yeah. visual effects, everything is just yeah. top, flawless. Like, yeah, you know, it's just so good. ILM just do such a fantastic job. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Um, they know what they're doing. I think the acting all around as well in this film was pretty good. Very like strong mm. performances yep. from almost everyone of the cast. A mm-hmm. couple of people I didn't like, but we'll get into that. Yep. Um, what else? <laughs> Music was great. John Williams, of course. Oh, the, hands down. Le- just the original just kind of legend. Back. Yeah, the Go on, say it. He's <laughs> yeah, a legend. <laughs> the legend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but look, yeah, let's get into spoilers, please. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, we're now going to get into spoiler territory pretty quickly. Um, it's hard to talk about this movie without talking about the specifics about it. So, if Ooh, you yeah. haven't seen it, now's the time to pause, come back a bit later. I want to start off straight away and say... What's our opinion on um, Princess Leia, the space witch? Space witch. Space witch. I was say she suddenly space. just... You know what I'm talking about. Well, she yeah, gets... yeah, yeah. Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was uh, cool with that. I was totally fine because they, went, yeah. they yeah. went and explained that the Force is kind of this thing that surrounds all of us. Mm. Like yep. this is kind of um, not really energy, but it's something that surrounds all of us which can be manipulated. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense if the Jedi can jump really high. I feel like it makes perfect sense that yeah. they're able to manipulate it to pull them forward or pull them yeah. backwards. And, and we all know she has a connection to the Force. Yeah, exactly. She so, can sense Luke so and we've like, never seen her use it before. It's not like right, Poe so started using it. Maybe let me yeah. uh, let me give a bit more context of that. How did we feel about her suddenly, like, I'll give my opinion a sec, but suddenly being able to pull herself back in and cause herself, like, get herself rescued? I, th- I actually think it was a really clever way hmm. by the writers to show that she does use the force she's okay. connected yeah because there was always this question like is she force is she, sensitive yeah. yeah and they definitely explored in Rogue One that there's a lot of um, non kind of um, non force users who are force sensitive like kind of Donnie Yen and stuff like well didn't that. they say yeah. in episode six like there is another mm, oh, yeah, and, that, and that's her mm. so it, I was it, much more forgiving yeah. in that than I was and like, I didn't see her flying through space I saw her as Ripping onto the spacecraft and bringing her back. That's that's how I saw it. Yeah. Not uh, Space Mary Poppins. Yes, that's my <laughs> yeah. thing. Space Mary Poppins, yeah. Okay, so I... Look, I basically agree with what you're saying. I thought it was a brilliant way to show that she is actually really connected to the Force. And I think... And the other thing as well is that you see in all the movies when people get into these really dire situations is when they can suddenly, like, really reach out mm. and use the Force. And I thought, you know, her almost dying is a great way mm. to show that hey she's really connected because you know lots of jedi die and mm. don't come back and yeah so i thought it was really good i was wondering if it was a bit 
meta as in everyone knew that Carrie Fisher had unfortunately passed away and everyone kind of expected the writers to just write her out in some way and there was that scene in the trailer where it's um, Kylo is almost pulling the trigger and to shoot her and it's kind of that long pause and everyone's kind of like oh my goodness I wondered if that was supposed to be there to begin with or if it was just supposed to be I don't know maybe not as much of a focus and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong maybe it was a plan from the start I yeah, think look, it was planned from the start so if you Ryan Johnson said yeah. that all of Princess Leia's scenes were kept in the film mm. yeah in general, kept like, in the film yeah. is different to like rejigging it because the other thing as well is that well here's the thing they couldn't have reshot the film no they couldn't have reshot the film but all of those scenes didn't require her to be there like the only thing you saw that was actually filmed was her hand the rest was kind of CG as she came back towards mm. the ship. Yeah, but if they if she died there, then that would have thrown all of the other scenes throughout the movie out the mm. window. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, So she was never going to die, mm-hmm. but maybe they drew it out a bit because they knew that people oh, were expecting her yeah, okay. yeah. to be written maybe, down. Maybe. Mm, maybe. They could have, potentially. I no. still think she should have been the one on the ship to go to light speed. That would have made more sense. Yeah, but... I don't think they could... The final scene of mm. her and Ray, like that conversation, you couldn't have killed her off yeah. beforehand. And how so. how do we all feel about Luke saying laser sword? That was funny. Instead well, that of lightsaber. I, was, I, 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 I didn't like it. I didn't like that either. <laughs> it that, frustrated that, me. That's just a little kind of throwback because that's what the original name was of lightsabers. Oh, uh, yeah. was it? That's what George mm, Lucas yep. originally was tossing uh, around. You would call it laser sword or lightsaber. That's good. Light. Yeah. Okay, so that's a nice okay. little shout out to yeah. Lucas. In a, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So the throwback. I didn't then, know that. That's cool. How do we feel about... Who was the director? Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Ryan Johnson poo-pooing all over J.J. Abrams' final scenes what from you mean? The Force Awakens. So oh, how he reshot it. Gets the lightsaber handed to him. Throws it over his shoulder. Oh. Blows up the rebel base straight away at the start of the movie, gets blown up, and then Kylo Ren destroys his mask. That's just like, no thanks, JJ. Yeah, We're moving I, on from here. <laughs> I did think that was interesting. Um, see, I, I didn't really think about it. Mm. So, see, the, the lightsaber by Luke, I thought that was just like what you were saying, Gav. Oh, let's be guardians. Let's be a bit silly. Yeah. Mm. Um, blowing up the rebel base, I didn't even... Oh, the, yeah, that's I didn't how, that's think how, about that. That's how Force Awakens finished, was them all coming back there being happy that they'd done it and yeah. sadly Han Solo died and all of that, but I that base think, is now gone. Yeah, I did think the Kylo Ren smashing the mask was very much like, that's we are done with that. Yeah, I, yeah, but it did very much feel like, because that was very iconic. Mm, and it like, was. Yeah, okay, we're done with that now. But that was tied to his past and obviously Snoke's kind of rambling on about you know how you're you're just tied well yeah. you're just a boy you're tied to those things that have made you in the, like your dad and your mom and he views that kind of sim- the mask as a symbol of saying yeah this is who i was and that's you know i killed him with um with the mask near me or like i wore that when i was trying to hunt them down so that was a kind of a sign of i need to let yeah. this persona die and i need to become my own person mm. Mm. and i think i think the luke was justified as well because obviously he doesn't want any part in coming back to the Jedi or anything like yeah, that he literally yeah. just wants to be left alone and I just th- to die and I think that lightsaber moment where he just throws over his shoulder I, I picture more of a Yoda doing that mm. you know yeah, that, that, yeah. that's much more in his kind of character of yeah you know not yeah yeah, yeah but I, Yoda I, would I get do you it smiling yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just like frustrating it was just brooding but no, yeah. Yeah, yeah interesting mm. um, one of the big criticisms I see on sorry are we no, 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 you, 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 one of the big criticisms I see online is 
lots of the side stories eventuated to nothing. Yes, hugely. What, what do we think of that? Because I, I have a Which one very do you strong start opinion. With? I have a very strong opinion about the whole, um, it, like a response to that entire argument. But I want to hear what you think first. The casino bit where Finn goes with Rose to find the code breaker, mm-hmm. and then it's not even the code breaker. It's and, just Benicio del Toro, and they still get captured, and mm-hmm. they're on the ship anyway. Mm. It it was really pointless. It was just mainly about them freeing some big-eared horses. That's what that story was. Mm. Interesting. Animal. <laughs> That's really what it was. Free and giving the kid a ring. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I think it was a good way to introduce the future yeah. uh, Padawans, though, which is yeah. kind of what they did. Like, just orphans who are Force-sensitive. Like, anyone can be out there. Yeah, well, I, I guess the I guess the, the backstory behind that was that that planet really was the centre for creating weapons for yeah. both sides, mm-hmm. mm. you know, of good and evil. And, you know, they talked about when uh, Kylo destroyed the Jedi... Temple, yeah. Temple, he scooped up those Padawans and he, and he you know, he killed some of them, but it, they did say he, he took some with him yeah. and, and the most logical place for him to take them would be there. Was that casino planet, yeah. you know, because that's where all the money was coming from. That's where all... That's a good way to put it. Mm. That's where... I didn't, even think I didn't even think of that. Um, that's smart. So now that actually yeah, makes sense. That, that, that makes whole, more sense now, yeah, yeah and, to see the kids. And that's where we finish on that planet is that kid with the broom. Yeah, who, just slightly taking in, it, yeah. Into his hand, so yeah. I think I think that's where our little Padawans are hiding. Yeah, for the uh, for yeah. the next episodes, but who knows? Like they, they could wipe that planet out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a massive fan of um, Kelly Marie Tran's character Rose. Mm. No, I wasn't either. I just I don't, yeah, I just don't. It wasn't particular. Like she, her acting was okay, but I just didn't find. But the her character really. design was not very strong. Uh, yeah, just even yeah, I something yeah, I don't know. I can't put my mind to it, but just something it just doesn't. Settle, like, doesn't feel when right I watched me. the online uh, like release of the first trailer and she yep. came out and he's like, This is a new character called Rose. And mm-hmm. the way they described it was a lot better than what I saw in the movie mm-hmm. about just you know, like a general person who works on the ship becomes part of this epic story and a hero, mm-hmm. which, yes, she does, but and she, very Star Wars, very Star Wars, but she really didn't do much besides knock Finn out of the way from dying mm. did what? she die in the end I can't remember no, I don't did. know she was injured no, no, yeah because no. he was tucking her in with a blanket going no night yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I didn't like how that love thing was a bit forced that was a bit cheesy alright can I address the elephant in the room yeah, yeah. go on go, go, go on. on the death of Snoke oh, oh. Oh, hang on sorry <laughs> before we get to that I want to I want to respond I thought you were continuing on with this so pause for a sec pausing Side stories, Pointing. pointlessness. Black Mirror reference. I think they were deliberately pointless. Who? Which side story? What, what are you talking Just about? Just all, like, Poe wanting to take over the ship. That was um, great. Uh, that was a good side story. What are you talking about? Well, hang on, hang on. But it was pointless in the end, wasn't it? It was pointless for the yeah. film, but for his character. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah my, so. I slightly agree with Tyson. I don't understand the whole secrecy. Why just not tell him? Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, because, I'm getting to that. Because he's being so, a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Finn and Rose going off to the casino planet and obviously like nothing eventuates. I think that was deliberate. I think that was very intentional because the whole message of the entire um, movie is that we need to work together. Mm. And these side stories that don't eventuate were illustrating this point and going, these don't work because we aren't working together. Yeah. And if we try to do things individually, this rebellion will fail. We need to work together. We need to let everyone know. We need to all be involved. 
in order for this to succeed. And mm. I think it was very deliberate that the casino eventuated to nothing and that Poe trying to take over the ship eventuated to nothing because it was illustrating that the rebellion needs to be a team and they need to all work together. Mm. That's a good point. And in that light, I go, well, of course these things didn't work. And so I think when anyone kind of goes, and this is what I was saying before, where the I think the story has depth that I personally think a lot of people are missing. Yeah. Because I think... Yep. Yeah, like a pointless side plot is one thing, but a pointless side plot to illustrate that you need to all work together is that has a point now. Mm. So, what do you what do you think of that? I agree. Your point that was a good point. I, that out. I agree with your point. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with your point, but I still didn't get that feeling of they're working together as a team at the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, think about it. They all went out there in speedsters. They turned away. One of them didn't. Well, no, that, that's, again, that's the whole thing of, like, you you can't do this alone. Mm. Finn, you can't just decide to drive into it and expect this to work. We need to all work together. I think we'll feel that more in the next movie. Like the spark that was setting up. Yeah. <laughs> we had the spark that will light the Because in the end, it was, it was Luke in the end that took it all on. That was sweet. Which yeah, was we, sweet. we did talk that yeah. But let's well. go back to Gav's point <laughs> right, about so, Snoke. the elephant. Snoke. Snoke, mm. this big baddie that we led up to. Look, <laughs> I, I feel like that JJ did a phenomenal job at building up this supervillain mm. in The Force Awakens. And then, yeah, look, I, for me it just felt a little anticlimactical, if that's yeah. even a word, yeah. the way he went. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel like I'm okay for him to go. Mm. Mm. So am I. But... Not that way. No, give him. He, I think he deserved a, a, a bigger, you grand, know, uh, a grander yeah. outro yeah. Than, than what he got. Yeah, I think it definitely works because what's good is they've killed this kind of emperor figure off in the middle film. Because mm. obviously, if he kept it alive, that's a bit kind of Return of the Jedi. And obviously, with this film, they're not wanting to adhere to kind of the rules of the of the original trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Episode seven, very much beat for beat, New Hope. Yeah. This one definitely had touches of episode five and episode six yeah, yeah. but um it did definitely i'm not going to negate that but it also took a lot of risks mm. a la snoke dying and stuff um i thought it was clever how he died yeah that was yeah. him cool. describing everything that was going through kylo Carlos ren's head, head about but his, it wasn't about ray it was mm, about him and about, him force turning the sword and mm. it was clever That's very clever how he's talking about um you know he's he's thinking about defeating his greatest enemy that's mm. what he has to overcome to become yeah. the kind of grandeur kind of Sith Lord and then bam kills him yeah Kylo Ren this movie oh so good Adam Driver and the mm. writing behind Kylo Ren except but, for his shirt off that was weird that was weird such, yeah, un- yeah, unnecessary was weird. and he has such a small head <laughs> small head and the, the waist <laughs> yeah. the waist there's the waist <laughs> pants um, I agree with you Gav I think the way that Snoke died was very just kind of like oh, oh. yeah like it might like <laughs> Yeah, it made sense in the scene, but overall, in like the grander scheme, it was kind of just like eh, a bit. I, w- um, I would have liked to have known who he was as yeah, well I before think, he died. I yeah, they will explore that. Like, I think he definitely will pop up in episode nine. Mm. I feel like whether mm. that's a force well, flashback or something. Well, I think maybe with Kylo being the supreme kind of leader now of the First Order, maybe there might be some flashbacks of Kylo yeah. of him training Kylo. Mm. A little bit cheesy. I recognize yeah but, well um, maybe he'll have access to things that he didn't have before and then he'll mm. he probably didn't even know who he was probably I, you know? I do think that it left a interesting dynamic of the ice cream there's an ice cream van going past the <laughs> house at the moment so if you can hear that ice cream um, there is yeah it left an interesting dynamic because you've got Hux 
and Kylo both kind of trying to vie for power. Mm. And I think that is ultimately going to be the undoing of this, like, Snoke Snoke was really like, I am the leader, that's it. Whereas now both of them are kind of trying to vie and they're both very flawed Mm. characters in not not in their character design but just in terms of their personality as leaders yeah um one's very emotional one's yeah. too by the book well yeah. i think they're both very emotional but mm. in different yeah. capacities yeah. and i think it's illustrated very much so when um luke comes out on the planet yeah. and kylo is like every single gun on that man <laughs> i think um kylo we we saw we saw kind of remnants of Darth Vader in Kylo mm-hmm. in those moments, especially in that um, was it in that in that ship at the end in that scene where yeah, he yeah. he just kind of General Hux he just kind he, of pushed him against force, the wall, pushed him away, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was that very kind of Darth Vader yeah. moment in A New Hope where he he chokes that guy in the, yeah. in uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, yeah. no, it's not Grand Moff Tarkin, no, but in, but in that room, in that room, yeah. 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 Well, he actually, ch- I thought that was very much when he actually choked Hux when in Snoke's room, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Just like when he yeah, went like, to actually kill him and then he got leader. up, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but I do have to say, just going back to that battle, that that lightsaber battle between Snoke's guards and Kylo oh, Ren and oh, Ray. Really good. Oh, I only have one problem with that. That was outstanding. That was done well. Very, <laughs> I just love that wide shot, just mm. panning in, very Seven Samurai, just yeah. wide shot, just real slow motion, just looking, and then just conti- and then it speeds up and just continues. And just how, yeah, shot. and just how they're all, like oh. both of them are posed back to back and the yeah. lightsabers are like, oh, the it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Great production. Can I have one quibble with that scene? Yeah, yeah. yeah please do. <laughs> One of the guards puts his arms up in front of him and stops the lightsaber. Sorry? Yeah. I, don't, I don't see how he does that when the, the lightsabers are chopping through him. There are lots of um, there are lots of things in the Star Wars universe that can stop lightsabers. Here and, we go. <laughs> no, no, but, but, it, but, well, they're weapons, for one, yeah. stop it. And it would make sense that, as like part of your arm guard, there would be something yeah. that would stop a light I've, I found that completely fine like of, not I their entire armour mm. but the arms yep <laughs> yeah, not their right. face it, <laughs> it, just, not it face. seemed like they were chopping them yeah. left right and then all of a sudden this one dude was just like nope you can't take my arms off no I, I was okay with that <laughs> let's make the strongest part of the armour the forearm yeah <laughs> Well, that's a that's yeah. a that's a normal defensible <laughs> part when it comes to armor. Nah, yeah. I agree with you. I yeah. think it's a. Mm. But that that final death of the last red guard when he mm. gets the lightsaber yeah. thrown at him and he just turns it on. Mm. Brilliant. My um, uh, talking about armor. So just a quick little uh, intercut. Yeah. Is my uh, my ten year old pointed out? Yeah. When we left the movie, he's like, Dad, I don't think Captain Phasma's dead. And I'm like, What do you mean? Mm. She fell off that thing. And he goes, No, but. Her, bullets. the bullets the bullets the everything bounced off her yeah. her armor is, seemed indestructible with everything mm. i think she's just fallen and she'll look, come back with a burnt eye out or something, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. yeah and i was like mm. it's kind she, of a running gag now to be honest she'll just pop you, up in star wars your 10 year old is clever <laughs> <laughs> we'll just pop up oh yep i'm here i'll she, have one she fight is scene the, then i'll uh, go <laughs> cool bye it's fair to say she's probably like the boba fett of yeah she's just not used to rise which sucks yeah it's a strange character to have top billing yeah She's a good actress. She's top as well. billing. Oh, she's like third or fourth in the credits. Yeah, yeah. Like Christie. I guess that's what Game, Game of Thrones, Thrones does. To you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, there you go. Um, and um, should we all talk about Luke? Yep, dying. Mm. Very, so, very, uh, such a graceful, graceful yeah. death. Yeah. The two sons raising binary, and, and Yoda coming back as Yoda well. That back. was brilliant with the puppet as mm. well. Of the all puppet things. was cool. Yeah, 
Did you also notice that um, the Jedi text survive just quickly? Yes, I did yes. notice yeah, that in, in, in the draw. Um, but uh, I'm going to put it out there. I, I only saw that the second time, by the way. Oh, really? I didn't really? see it the first oh. time. Yeah. I, d- I did. I was like, oh. But he said, oh, I don't know. I <laughs> did pick when Luke came back. I was like, he's not there. That's a Force ghost. Yeah, you kept, that, you kept leaning over to me going, and his like, hair's cut. Beard, I, was like, hair. I was like, his yeah. beard is shorter and it's not the, grey. The lightsaber, the blue lightsaber as well. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't I just thought I was like, no, it's, his hair's changed. Mm. But then he stuck around, and like C three PO noticed him. I was like, oh, okay, mm. well maybe not. Yeah. And I think they did that really well because at the end, obviously, it gets revealed—not the end, but the end of that fight—it gets revealed that he's not there, he's and he's just been a big distraction. Yeah. And he's confronted um, mm. uh, Kylo, and he's made him think, and everything like that. Mm. And at the end, it's like, oh, guess what? Screw you. <laughs> I reckon he'll be back in the next episode. Definitely. As Force Ghost. Because he's like, see you around, kid. So he'll come back. Yeah. And he'll be bothering Kylo Ren, I reckon. I have wondered if Snoke was doing the same, to be mm. honest. If he was projecting himself into that room. Yeah. Until he got chopped in hand. But we did see him die and half of his body. Uh, yeah, I know. Whereas, whereas Luke, when the lightsaber went in him, it does nothing. Yeah. That's oh, true. that's a good point, yeah. Tyson. You're yeah. right. Okay. But with Luke... Scratch that. With Luke's final scenes, looking at the twin sons again, Binary and then just becoming one with the Force and having the garments float up. away, yeah, yeah, that was very great. brilliant. And did you guys, um, it might just be me, but there was a shot where Luke's kind of there, and there's a shot of the, the just a really obscure shot of the sun in a mm. real close up. Did you mm. see like a little kind of object? I saw like something flying? there. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, that freaked me out. I was like, is something, is something's coming for him. Was it an X wing? I don't know what it, you can't see, you but can't, they, it's so that's a classic. Tiny. That's a classic shot from yeah. Wait, hang on. Return of the Jedi with is the X-wing yeah. in the sun. Is this well, on, on Luke's one? Yeah, yep. the final like scenes a, where Luke's climbing back onto the rock. It's like a close-up of the sun. You can see this little black dot in the middle of the sun. And I thought it was that's just interesting, me, but then I went on Reddit and everyone's like going on about it. Do you know what I reckon? Because there's an X. So I didn't notice it at all, but now you got me thinking. There was an X-wing that was underwater. Yeah, yes. I wonder if there was another Padawan on the planet somewhere. Yeah, maybe. Maybe heading off. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. Those are my thoughts. Very interesting. Mm. But that, yeah. that X-Wing shot from Return of the Jedi is iconic. Yeah, very iconic. Mm. So I think Ryan Johnson did a great job of shout-outs to honouring the legacy that yes. is Star Wars. Mm. Yeah. Even the dialogue between Ray and um, Kylo going yeah. in the lift. Yeah. That was almost word for word yeah. from that scene in Return of the Jedi with yeah. Luke and Darth Vader in the, yeah. in the lift. That was I brilliant. thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah paying homage to the original while mm. giving fresh kind yeah. of unique touches to spice up the universe and they've now given I forget the director's name uh, Joe, Ryan Joe Johnson or oh, Ryan Johnson Ryan Johnson he's now got the next trilogy after yeah completely yeah. new characters yeah. so I'm well, interested how that's yeah. going to go should we now move into the future and talk about that or have we got a couple more things of Star Wars 8 um, to talk about because I'm pretty much pretty much done I mm. I, got a, I got a few beefs but I don't think Oh. They don't make or break the movie for Who me, else? but I think... Someone else died in Star Wars, and it was like a real like, throwaway... Oh, General Akbar. Yeah, Akbar. He's it's dead. a trap. Yeah, no. yeah. gone. Don't. Bam, there we go. Don't even see him die. Oh. Yeah, that. I don't think that should have happened. But Wait, anyway. hang on. I don't mind if it happened, but give him a little bit more. It was, it a, tra- it was a trap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, we haven't said this yet. <clears throat> the scene... Where they go to light speed through the Star Destroyer. Phenomenal. Oh, oh my goodness. I like, literally said out loud, art. wow. Art. That, I would have that framed on my wall, that scene. It yeah, was just picture. beautiful. And just silence as well. Complete silence. I'm oh, my silence. goodness. I'm going to say this. This could be slightly controversial, but I actually think that was JJ's influence. Yeah. 
I wouldn't be yes, surprised. Yes, I remember you saying this actually, yeah. Possibly. I, 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 I have nothing to back that up. Yeah. Other than... It looks very... It looks very JJ. Star Trek first yes, movie even, poster. Yeah, Force Awakens. I just thought, uh, here's my final beef. Okay. <laughs> final beef was... Um, I know ILM handled all the VFX mm-hmm. for this, as they do, brilliantly. But I just think JJ's background in VFX just mm. gave him a little bit more of an edge yep. in The Force Awakens. And yep. I, okay. I, I actually preferred the compositing and the camera movements in the VFX in The Force Awakens to this one. And I think mainly also this one was set predominantly in space. So there's not a lot of background and foreground things whereas yeah, okay. a lot of the vfx were on the planet mm. you know and they were you know flying through star destroyers yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that yeah uh, yeah I, I just thought jay I, I preferred jj's visual effects over mm-hmm. ryan john's but in saying that that starship destroy scene was yeah. insane it's great mm. yeah let's go future was, oh, yeah i still that scene it's just took your breath away mm. it honestly did like i was sitting there i was like i am just going to absorb this for as long as it's on the screen mm. all right so Future. So mm-hmm. we've already touched on uh, what you just said, Andrew, is that Ryan Johnson has been given a whole trilogy to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's at least directing the first one as well. He's so, all three of them, isn't he? Or, well, okay. Maybe, he, at um, least he'll be writing all three of them. He's yeah, definitely he's writing, writing all three. three. Of them, yeah. um, Disney were very, very impressed with um, episode eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathleen, oh, Kennedy. What's her name? Kathleen Kennedy goes on to say, and I quote... We all loved working with Ryan on The Last Jedi. He, he's a creative force, and watching him craft The Last Jedi from, Jedi from start to finish was one of the great joys of my career. Ryan will do amazing things with the blank canvas of this new trilogy. Mm. What's interesting, I read a source, because um, obviously the Han Solo film, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, they got fired abruptly. Um, and I read a source, taken with a grain of salt, of course, that apparently um, it was... Kathleen Kennedy did not like working with them because they're very improv- improvisational heavy. They didn't really want to adhere to kind of the script and to Star Wars, wanted to do something a bit different. Mm. However, she loved working with Ryan Johnson. Apparently, it was just seamless. He yeah. suited all of their needs because at the end of the day, she's going to pull the trigger. Like, Yeah, she, mm. she is the one. So for, if you don't know, Kathleen Kennedy is um, head of Lucasfilm. She's the big wig now. So she is the one that is basically in charge of yeah. helming all of these all of the Lucasfilm products, which is predominantly Star Wars. And she yeah. pulls no punches either. No, yeah, she doesn't. Apparently she is very, very... Um, That's why she fires two directors when yeah. they're nearly finished. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But she was with George Lucas... From the start. From the start. Yep. So she, yep. she's very invested. Yeah, mm. very much so. She yeah. takes it seriously. Well, I think he would have made her in charge, wouldn't he? I think he did, yeah. 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 I think he, yeah. He says, like, I won't be part of this, but you've got to run everything by her. Yeah. Yeah. Here's th- a, oh, sorry, no, you go, you go. I was going to say, if Ryan Johnson, after seeing A, if he's in charge of a whole new trilogy with new characters and everything like that, I'm very excited to see so where he I. goes. Mm. I am... The biggest thing I want to know is where will it be set in terms mm. of the continuity? Yeah. Because it's essentially oh, going to be like a new, new trilogy, a new saga with new characters. And... It could like we could have an old republic series. We could. could. Like that could be interesting. I think I think the thing with Star Wars that we've seen, even with these new ones, is they always pay homage to the old. Yeah. Really, really yep. well. So I, I think even in creating an entire new galaxy and new characters, I think we'll always have the underlying Jedi, we'll always have the underlying yep. Republic. Yeah. 
you know, Seth. the Seth, whatever. Yeah, I think they do that really well. Mm. One of the great have have you guys ever played the Knights of the Old Republic video games? Old video no. games. I've heard a lot about them though. Oh, okay, guys, they're like <coughs> probably like a dollar on Steam at the moment. <laughs> Down to <coughs> PC. Sorry, mate. Well, you can yeah. get them on your phone. I'm pretty sure. Oh, can you? <laughs> nice. um, they are. I'm going to say it. One of the best stories of Star Wars mm-hmm. that I've ever experienced. They are really, really good. Yeah. yeah. And to me, the idea of having a old Republic, mm-hmm. or like the fall of the Republic, or mm-hmm. even um, the who was the the other one I was just thinking actually just then was who was the Sith Lord that gets mentioned in Episode Three? Oh, Darth Plagueis, the one. Yeah, have you ever heard this story? Because I had a friend of mine tell me a theory that apparently Darth Plagueis the Wise, who apparently could manipulate the Force, Mm -hmm. he, someone gave me this theory that he, his experiments with manipulating the Force is what caused Anakin to be formed and conceived. Yeah, that's, yeah, isn't that? With the Force. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be interesting to look at that. I've I've got the book, but I haven't finished. Do you really? I haven't finished the book. Ooh, Star Wars Dark Plagueis. It's so to download it, and I don't want it to download it. Ooh. But <laughs> I might have to borrow it, that. It's a bit, <laughs> oh, you want to borrow yeah. my phone? Yeah, yeah, digitally. <laughs> it what I did read was a good read, mm-hmm. but then I just went back but to look, comic yeah, books. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to just a fresh new characters mm-hmm. again, a whole new kind of set of characters for the new mm-hmm. generation to grow up with, and I think really that's what Star Wars is. It's and I think before we delve too far forward, I'm actually pretty pumped about seeing JJ wrap this current trilogy yeah me too actually I think he's going to should we talk about episode 9 something a bit more concrete Mm -hmm. yeah so well that's what 9 would probably do it'll either set up the future for the next 3 which will maybe obviously be set in the future again I'd prefer it to wrap up this trilogy to be honest well this trilogy will wrap like with all those young pad ones and stuff Mm. their stories have to continue on Mm. so that's maybe what this story could be about a whole new the Ryan Johnson yeah Yeah. whole new set of stories with new Jedis and Mm. I don't think it will, though, because if it was going to continue on, why wouldn't they just call it Star Wars Episode Ten? Well, they, they are specifically calling will. it... They, prob- they probably will. Well, It's a new trilogy. Mm. Like, it's not like a Rogue One-type Star Wars story. It's like a whole new trilogy. Yeah. Like 10, 11, 12. Yeah, okay. No, mm. fair enough. Yeah. Here's, um, here's my prediction, though, for... Um, nine? Nine. I reckon we'll, the Knights of Ren are going to come in. They're mm. going to be a bit more of a force. Yep. I think Kylo will bring the Knights of Ren in, because now Snoke's dead. Now the first order is kind of diminishing. He needs some backup, so I reckon mm. he'll call the Knights of Ren. That will explore them a lot more, because which would be nice. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, me, we they saw got them mentioned in Force. Mentioned, oh, we saw them so in have Force we, Awakens, but we didn't. The Knights see them of Ren are not those red Snoke characters, are they? No, no. they're like um, they're rumored to be. So you know how Kylo took a couple of Padawans after he destroyed the Temple. Yep, they're rumored to be the Knights of Ren. So they're this group headed okay. by Kylo that Snoke kind of trained and they just yeah. kind of did whatever, like yeah. whatever Snoke needed to. It's weird. They didn't even get mentioned at all. Nah. Which is why I think, well, obviously, JJ... Um, I did want more from that scene in uh, The Last Jedi with the flashbacks to Luke and okay. him bringing the roof down. Yeah. Wish I could have seen a little bit more of him destroying the temple and taking the pad ones. Probably going to save that yeah. for episode nine, Yeah. But yeah, look, that's what I think will probably happen in there. And this mm. is going to be ultimately Ray versus Kylo, I feel like, in the yeah. end. Something's going to happen there where I think they'll... It'll be a head-to-head, you're right. Mm. It'll just, At the it, end, it'll just the combination. I, I look forward to... I know they did in this in the current Star Wars in Episode Eight how they mentioned about Ray's parents... Being no one. Being no mm. one. But I still think they've basically left that open 
mm. for interpretation. I think JJ could still pick that up he could, yeah. and do something with it, which mm. would be pretty cool. I really hope he doesn't. Yeah. And for this reason, I think that because we're so used to having this particular line of Jedi, yeah, it's like oh, effect. It's, it's all the Skywalkers. Everyone's and I think yeah. the idea of making Rey so Force-sensitive and so powerful and being from no one, I think highlights the fact i think it's highlighted again with that orphan kid yeah, at the end definitely. where it's it's jedi could come from anywhere it's so yeah. much bigger they, yeah they yeah. don't have to be this particular line of people mm. it's just anyone can be a yeah. jedi and i think that opens more even more mm. possibilities in the star wars universe moving away from the skywalkers yeah. have yeah. to save the day to yeah. a whole group of people tying back to what you said yeah, like yeah. yeah. exactly yeah but that's exactly. what carlo ren says to me. he's like you're not even part of this story mm. you're no one mm so that makes it even more interesting and it was interesting how he said um say it you know you know mm. you know say it yeah. no one yeah yeah, yeah. um then quickly because we're running short on time i might touch on the han solo film yes solo yep. star wars story which is surprisingly slated for a may 25th 2018 release that's date insane. that's t- and they just wrapped reshoots that's what like that's really close. How many close. months was it? Five months. Five months. Mm. So I think they've also been working in the background. Yeah. I think so. Because um, we haven't even got a first look at them yet. No. Or even a trailer. No I promise it was released, but it was fake, confirmed by Disney. Yeah. Um, interestingly, I read an article, of course, take it with a grain of salt, multiple um, news reports reporting on it, that apparently Disney is expecting this film to bomb really hard. Yep. Um, apparently, um, really, Arden yeah, predicted it to um, who's playing Han Solo. Apparently, he's had to have a dialogue coach on board on set for every one of his scenes, which is um, that's not good. Which no. is not good for an app. No. And apparently, Ron Howard, who took over from Phil and Christopher Miller, has shot eighty, reshot eighty percent of this film. Yeah. Um, and I think this film really hinges on um Alden's performance of Han Solo. Yeah. If that if that is not at least adequate or to the fans or critics liking this film just will not. It will. No. I, I think yeah. ripped apart. I think Kathleen Kennedy? Yes. Kathleen Kathleen. Ka- yeah, Kathleen Kennedy putting Ron Howard in the director's chair is a massive statement to say it's okay. We've yeah. got this. Yeah. We've put this in the hands of Ron Howard who's a seasoned yeah. director. Oscar Oscar and, award and we'll yeah. listen to what he has to do, yeah, not yeah. be ambitious and do his mm. own thing. Can well, I, that's, can I, that's the report apparently he's just turned things around. He's yeah, okay. picked out where he needs to go. Yeah. But again, someone saying that they they're full, they're not they're expecting it to bomb critically yeah. and financially. Yeah, I read that as well. Like it they just it, apparently it's a car crash. That's what really? But take yeah. it with a grain of salt, you know. Yeah. Cuz um these spin-off films I think are also a, a massive shout out to the fans the old school fans yeah. as well they mm. want to see these these yeah. prequel stories and mm. can i just say rogue one i that i was blown away by rogue one i thought it was, it really was good. rogue one was really good it was so good so to follow this up now follow Han, the hands Solo film following rogue one is that's some big shoes to fill mm. it is yeah Very big. similar how he has a similar production story funnily yeah. enough another director coming in for mm. reshoots, reshoots in the terms of Tony Gilroy for Rogue but One. But if they'd never come in for the reshoots on Rogue One, we would never have got that style, uh, Darth Vader scene at the end there. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for that. So I think, I think they're in good hands. Mm. I think, mm. yeah. Look, apparently the trailer's dropping in two to three weeks. Oh, really? Sweet. What yeah. do you reckon the story's going to be based around? I reckon oh, it's going to be how... Lando loses the Millennium Falcon. I think so. That, yeah. That's the um, It's rumored that it'll be. Um, so I think Han so, strikes a friendship with Chewie, then yep. um, they'll kind of get the um, 
Millennium Falcon from Lando. Yep. Um, and then Woody Harrelson's actually playing his mentor. Mm. So there was something along the lines of that. Emilia Clarke's also in it from Game of Thrones. Do you reckon there'll be a Kessel Run in there? Kessel Run. I could he's, 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 he's rumoured about it. Yeah, he's Hopefully we might see it. a proper planet Wookiee this time as well. <laughs> yeah. Kashyyyk. Just Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, cool. Interesting. Um, well, quick side note. Yeah. Do you guys know the actor Anthony... Anthony Ingruber? Mm-mm. No. He played... Uh, in this there's a romantic movie called Age of Adeline which we watched a very long he's got credits in Batman Telltale series yes he is in the Batman Telltale series oh he's Joker is he he? yes he is the Joker this podcast always goes back to Batman doesn't it (laughs) of course it does Um, so in Age of Adeline this guy plays a young Harrison Ford and when we were watching it we honestly thought they had composited Harrison Ford's face on him he is a like, he looks like young Harrison Ford. He? he? sounds like young Harrison Ford. We honestly were like, this Why? guy should be young Han Solo. Like, there mm. is no question about this. He was so, so perfect. Yeah. Mm. Um, he's not, but it's just interesting yeah. that if you if you do get a chance to check that movie out, it's... I have seen that. It's where she doesn't great. age, does she? Yeah, that's oh, right. Blake Lively. Yeah. yeah, it's not the greatest, I'll be honest. Like but, a Benjamin Button, is it? Yeah, kind of. Mm. Um, but him as a young Harrison Ford is... It's honestly like spellbinding. It's so weird. Really? Anyway, yeah. again, the movie hinges on um, Alden and Rick's. I can't say his name properly. I'm sorry. Um, his performance of Han Solo. Yeah. It hinges on that. That is literally the crux of the movie. I agree. Mm-hmm. The story can be phenomenal, but if his performance isn't solid and to, of course, the fans liking or critical liking, yep. it's yeah. just not going to do well. Mm. Yeah. So, we'll have to see mm. what so uh, do we all want a new Christmas special as well to come out? Or? <laughs> no, Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> have you guys seen the um, the Ewoks TV shows, no. the TV movies? So isn't, isn't that the Christmas special? Where no, 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 no. So that's a Christmas there special. Oh, but, so they released. <laughs> I recently discovered these. They released two Ewok TV movies, which are horrendously bad. One's called like the Carav- Caravan of Car- No, it's not Caravan. That's Hamish and Andy. Um, <laughs> something of Courage. I don't know what it's called. Uh, and then they they released like a sequel follow up to that. Mm-mm. They're so horrendously bad. Um, the Battle for Endor. Battle for Endor's the second one. Then there's one more. Some something of courage. It just is the, the Ewok, Ewok Adventure. Adventure I, think. I think so. Yeah, it it's so it's so trash. It's actually like no, no. It is actually the Caravan of Courage. I was right. Okay, it wasn't just <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Hence the reason I think Caravan of Courage yeah. and Ewok Adventure. Didn't Disney just ditch everything when they bought Star Wars? If you want a good laugh, go watch them. They're pretty funny at how bad they are. Shut everything down. It's yeah. a solid 5.5 on IMDb. Uh, I shouldn't get that. It's so bad. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Is, is there any more future Star Wars news that we... No, no, not for now. So. Oh, good. Future out. There you go. Well, all looking forward to more Star Wars. It is, it yes. is a wonderful time. I, mm. I will concede, Gav, many years ago when... Disney bought Lucasfilm and I said to you this is a terrible move it's going to be awful <laughs> I'm very glad that I was proven wrong say you're sorry now I- I'm sorry <laughs> you were right <laughs> it'll be fine don't worry yeah that's what you told me and I didn't believe you <laughs> well alright so that's all we've got time for thanks for sticking around thanks for tuning in and listening uh, as this a re- entire year really yeah that's yeah, right we yeah. will be back in uh, 2018 mm-hmm. um, don't know what we're going to be doing for our next episode yet Mm-hmm. But as a bit of a recap, we talked uh, this episode about Braveheart, uh, Firefly, Inglorious Bastards, and Enemy, and then we talked about Star Wars Episode Eight, and then looked into the future of what the new Star Wars has. So, mm. 
Again, thanks for tuning in. You can find us on Twitter at SRTW Podcast. Yep. Hit us up there. Yep. Otherwise, we'll see you in 2018, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, I've been Tyson. I've been Andrew. And I'm Zach. And who are you again? I'm Zach's friend. (laughs) (laughs) Zach's friend, yeah. All right. We'll see you next time. See you later. See you.